Welcome to the One in One Podcast, where below average podcaster chats with an above average athlete. I'm your host, Bridget B. My guest today is David Brigida, who wrestled at Virginia Tech from 2013 to 2017. David, welcome to the show. Hey, Bridget. Appreciate you having me on. I'm excited to have you, David. Now, you grew up in Bell Med, New Jersey. That's really close to Princeton, if I'm correct, right? Yeah, it's right next door. So oh, pretty that's much awesome. Grew up. I, I went Whenever people ask, I, I, I just say Princeton because no one knows of uh, the area I'm from. <laughs> okay, very cool. I have some family. My brother lives in the Lawrenceville area, which isn't too far from there. Oh, yeah, right there. So, very familiar. Yeah, we took wedding pictures on Princeton's campus. None of us were smart enough to go to Princeton, but we got on the campus <laughs> to take some pictures. <laughs> it, it is a beautiful campus. It, it's definitely one of Jersey's strong points. Definitely. Um, yeah, so it's, it's nice growing up right there. You know, being a wrestling fan, Ivy League has pretty good wrestling. Did you attend a lot of Princeton matches growing up? Um, actually, I didn't. I, here and there, um, I, I would say, I guess kind of looking back on it, I didn't attend too many college wrestling matches when I was growing up. Maybe more towards when I was in high school, but I, I ironically didn't go to many Princeton wrestling matches. I did train in their wrestling room when I was in middle school. They they would have um, kind of like a middle school age uh, practice okay. during uh, during the season. But yeah, I ironically didn't go to any of their matches. <laughs> That's okay. Very cool. So now Princeton area, it always you never know. Are you a person that roots for the the Philly sports teams or the New York sports teams? I lean towards the New York, but I'm actually only a Yankees fan for, I guess, all of the the New York sports. So okay. I, I kept the Yankees, I guess, the most hated team. <laughs> that's the team I like. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So then are you an Eagles fan for football? I'm actually a Tampa Bay Bucks fan, which oh. I, a lot of people give me looks now that they're good. But I, I, I do always have to note that I, I went through many painful years to, to get to when we got Tom Brady. So I think it's a little deserved. Oh, definitely. If you were a fan before Tom Brady came, that is totally fine. It's the ones that jumped on the Tom Brady uh, bandwagon that I am not fond of. <laughs> exactly. How did you become a Tampa Bay fan? Um, I always kind of liked being different when I was... Uh, younger and everybody like like you said everyone was either an Eagles or Jets or Giants fan um, so I, I wanted to be a little different my family had a, a vacation house in in Tampa Florida and somehow I just kind of started liking the Bucks I, I like some of their older players like Rondé Barber and my my golf class so I just kind of chose them and started like rooting for them and then a couple of years later they just got really really bad and I was like I'm like all right I'm <laughs> kind of already this deep, might as well just stay on this road for <laughs> hopefully they get better soon. <laughs> hey, that's okay. Tampa's beautiful. And sort of as you're mentioning names, that's right. They've had like decent players over the years. It's just they did have that gap where they were really bad that you kind of forgotten about. Yeah, they, uh, it was once all those like solid veterans retired and just moved on, they, they, that, that gap, those gap years were, were very long. It took them a long time to rebuild. Mm, very true. 
But hey, Tom Brady came, just won a Super Bowl, all is well. Yeah, he's, he's that dude is a savior, that dude. <laughs> that <laughs> dude brings winning where, with him wherever he goes. That is true. It's amazing. So now, David, any siblings for you, or are you an only child? I have an older sister. Okay. How many years older? She is three years older than me. Okay, cool. So you kind of, you guys kind of went to school together for a little bit then. Um, yeah, she was a, she was a senior when I was a freshman in, in high school. So very, very brief period, but yeah, around, around the same ages. She had to drive her freshman brother to school. I'm sure she hated that. <laughs> she absolutely did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So now, how did you get into wrestling? Um, so I, I was very into baseball and football. Like those were the, my two main sports as a kid. I mean, I did start wrestling very young, so I'm not going to make it sound like I got in late. So I started wrestling at, I was either seven or eight years old. Um, but it was a family friend that was, that was wrestling and just kind of kept getting in my ear about it. I'm like, Hey, you should give this a shot. You should give this a shot. And you know, I, I annoyed my dad enough to get him to sign me up and kind of just took off from there. You know, I, I wouldn't say like I was great out of the gate. You know, I, I think wrestling is one of the sports that not many people are very good at when you first start, but mm -hmm. I really liked it. Um, I was a kid with a lot of energy and wrestling definitely, definitely wears you out. So I'm sure my parents like that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, that, that's how I started. Just a uh, family friend kind of convinced me and just started showing up to practices and just fell in, love, fell in love with it. Nice. And you're right. You did start pretty young. That's young for wrestling. I feel like a lot of kids won't even really get into it until high school or right before high school. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I started that young. I mean, it, you know, I have definitely a lot to say about the sport in general and what I learned from it. But, it, it, you know, it helps in Specifically with the, like, I guess the sports I cared about a little bit more in the, when I was younger. Like, I, I loved football. I, I grew up thinking I was going to be, like, football this, football that. Like, aspirations of going to the NFL. And then I didn't really grow <laughs> when I reached high school and I was really tiny. I'm like, all right, well, probably got to pivot somewhere. Um, but, you know, I definitely always stuck with wrestling. And wrestling helped with football a ton, you know, with tackling and uh defense you know that is so true about wrestling it doesn't matter how small you are there's always a spot for you on the team it's that's not the same way right with football and basketball I guess baseball you can be sure but you know what I mean yeah I mean like, there, there's no there's no size advantage you know I mean yeah I guess like when you get into cutting weight and someone may be cutting more weight than you but at the end of the day you guys are weighing in at the exact same weight so you know it's nice to have the options of, you know, the lowest weight class all the way up into all those heavyweights. So it, mm. it does include everybody. It really does. I think that's great about it. And New Jersey is, I guess it's, I was going to say it's a hidden gem for wrestling, although I think it's getting more noticed. Mm. But there's a lot of great wrestlers that come out of the state of New Jersey. Yeah, I mean, Jersey is, I mean, I, I, I don't think I'm too biased in saying this. I, I would say it's a top five state in wrestling. It's definitely one, like, you know, right next to Pennsylvania, who's considered probably the toughest state of wrestling. So constantly battling with 
with those individuals growing up and in high school. Um, yeah, it, it is definitely a sport that's more recognized, I would say, in high schools and like in that, in that state as opposed to, you know, I'm living in Virginia now where, you know, wrestling is definitely not a big thing. Um, and it's like, you know, it's not a big thing, I guess, everywhere, but it, it was, you know, bring some decent crowds to the matches. It wasn't just a couple of parents <laughs> cheering their, cheering their uh, children on at a high school match. So, yeah, yes. New Jersey was pretty solid. Yeah, it seems like it's pretty big in the Northeast and then obviously the Midwest. But, yeah, it definitely could improve in the South and the West Coast for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, now you attend Montgomery High School. How many towns actually go to that school? That's a regional school, right? Sort of. So, my, so yeah, I was in Bellmead, and then there's Skillman and Rocky Hill. I, the populations in those towns are very small. Uh, I mean, our high school is decent size. I honestly can't. I, I want to say it was like 2,000 students. I don't know. I, I, that might be completely off. <laughs> That's um, okay. But it, it really wasn't like a huge, a huge high school compared to, I guess, another big school in the area like Hunter and Central. Like that, that, that high school pulls from towns with decent sized populations. Gotcha. Okay. So a bunch of little towns are together at that school. Exactly. You're a four year varsity starter at Montgomery and have a really great career there. You made it as pretty far in the regionals every year. You qualified for states at least once, and then you might have also done it your senior year. I didn't have the stats on that. I actually did not qualify my senior year. Um, yeah, I mean, if I, if that was probably, if I had a top five for, you know, my lowest moments in my career, probably not making the state tournament my senior year was might be one, one or two. Um, it was, it, it was a definitely a significant learning experience. Mm. Well, I'm sorry, I just brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like I, 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 you know, I was thinking about this before uh, before we spoke, and you know, I definitely am proud of my my wrestling career, but definitely definitely experienced a lot of heartbreak uh, in the. I guess as it progressed. So it's not, I wouldn't say I have all the, you know, it's definitely filled with really great moments. Um, definitely have very low moments though, but you know, I think that's one thing that wrestling really uh, brings out in, in people in general. Like you, you experienced really great highs and very, very low lows. Yeah, I can understand that. And you're actually the not the first wrestler I've had, had on the podcast that has said that. Really, like, a lot of people have said, you know, I loved my career. I had some great moments. But there's a lot of low times there. And I feel like it probably contributes to wrestling being such an individual sport. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. I mean, you, you, when you get off the mat, regardless of, you know, win or lose, the only person you can blame is yourself. You don't have, you don't have a team to hide behind. You, you don't have someone who can even take the credit for the win. It, it is literally just you and your opponent. So every, everything that happens out there, you're, you are completely exposed. Mm -hmm. 
it's such an individual sport, but also a team sport because you could win your match, but your team will lose the entire match or meet. Yeah, it is. It is a little odd. And, you know, it, it is weird experiencing somebody who, you know, maybe had a huge upset in that match and they're, they're riding a huge high after that win. And, but the whole team is moping because, you know, at the end of the day, the team lost and, you know, you really, while it is an individual sport, you know, you do, there is a team aspect to it. And, you know, there are times where, you know, the, the team should come first, even though, again, you're out there by yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's got to be a pretty hard balance. It is. I think that's, I mean, I, being a wrestling coach is very tough. You know, make decisions you have to make, you know, in the match to, you know, win a duel, this, like, you know, certain individuals who are losing a match and, you know, you can't lose by a certain amount or knowing you can't get pinned because that, that slight one or two points could cause your team to lose. Um, it, it does change the way you wrestle sometimes. Not all the time, but it, it does play a factor. Hmm, interesting. I've never heard that point, but it does make sense. It, it, it is odd to think about. Um, you know, you, you probably would just think, you know, you're out there, you're going to try to win the match, and, you know, if you win, it's going to benefit the team. But it's, it's actually the times that you're possibly going to lose um, and, you know, making certain decisions so your team doesn't end up losing by much or putting out somebody who wrestles at your, like someone maybe replaces you at your weight and you bump up a weight class even though you might not beat that individual at the upper weight class, you might not lose by much, as much as the person who originally would be out there. I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, um, I know what but, you're saying. That's um, going to mess yeah, with your head, though. If you're, like that. Yeah, that's going to mess with your head, though. If you're, like, out on the, it's during your match and you're thinking, oh, my God, I can't get pinned or I can't lose by this many, I have to win by this many. I feel like there's too many thoughts going on. It's hard to wrestle at that point. That, I mean, yes, I, that, is, that is true, and that's probably my, one of my biggest faults as a wrestler was being in my own head too much, not just for, you know, team's sake, but in general, I, you know, especially in wrestling, you start thinking too much, and you, it's tough to get on your game when you're kind of thinking about every little thing or possibility. I'm an overthinker in my daily life. I've never wrestled, but I can tell I'd be that type of wrestler as well. <laughs> and actually, speaking of that, have you ever wrestled a girl? Random question, but I just thought of it. I have not, and I personally never wanted to. And There's I no winning. Was there, there is no winning, exactly. Because <laughs> it's, you know, you win, and it's like, well, good job. You, you know, you beat a girl, and then you lose, it's like, you lost to a girl. I'm like, that's not to take away anything from, you know, women because, you know, there are, there are actually a lot of really great uh, girl wrestlers and they, you know, it's awesome how, how many states uh, now have, you know, all girl wrestling. But in my freshman year of high school, I was the lowest weight class possible. I was 103 pounds. And typically the lowest weight class is the one that has the most females if they are, um, you know, competing at, on a team. So there were there were chances I could have wrestled a girl, but uh, I guess in my case, luckily I never had to. Okay, 
You know, I kind of predict that girls wrestling is gonna get a little bit more popular. Maybe not immediately, but as time goes on. Because with MMA, I feel like those these women-on-women matches are so popular now, and more people will want to do it. Yeah, it, it's a good point. And it's, you know, it, it's kind of odd that it's taken this long for... I mean, I guess you kind of need the audience in general. Um, but, you know, it's great to see, again, like, I I was coaching in, I think it was two years after I finished college, I was coaching in New Jersey at a high school, and that was the first year that they had, um, you know, uh, a female state. So we had some girls on the team that only wrestled other girls. Okay. Wow. That's pretty interesting. I feel like that'll come up more and more. But I, I always like to name drop, and I probably did it with Charles, who you know at uh, District Martial Arts, which we'll talk about in a bit. Mm-hmm. But my sister-in-law know, knew Ronda Rousey at a very young age when they were kids for, like, a summer. So we always get on her. Or uh-huh. We got on her when Ronda was really popular. We were like, if you had just stayed friends with her, we could all just be in her entourage right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right, that fame. I mean, yeah, and she's still staying in the entertainment, so uh, that's, yeah. that's pretty funny. It is. And I feel like she's such an example of there's like almost a short span of that career you can have in MMA because I don't know if it like you get older and you get slower, but it seems like, at least on the girl's side, it's kind of quick. You're in there, and then you're out. Yeah. Um, I, I think there's a few factors to that. It's, I think a lot of it is just popularity and, you know, likeness. You know, how how long can they stay relevant? You know, if they lose, you know, do people still – they still care? And then also just MMA in general, it's like once you start taking beatings, it's like so much on your body. Like how yeah. much do you actually want to deal with that? I'd be one and done. Like, I'm out of here. <laughs> but you brought up an interesting point before with a weight class and how you were the lowest as a freshman. High school's an interesting time for boys because a lot of times they're still growing. And at the very least, they're gaining muscle at some point in those four years. So how was it for you going from freshman year to senior year? Because you obviously don't stay at the lowest that whole time how was it jumping weight classes and balancing that with just trying to be healthy in general yeah um so i i started at 103 pounds and i finished at my senior year i wrestled at 152 pounds so definitely late bloomer you know definitely was one of the <laughs> the kids that that grew last in, in my grade um but, you know, it is, it is challenging, especially with wrestling, because, you know, cutting weight could have a decent uh, effect on your growth. Um, like, so while I did cut weight all, all the years I wrestled, I never really cut a significant amount of weight. I never wanted, I never, and I was lucky to, uh, I guess, grow the way I wanted to because of, probably because the high school I went to, you know, it wasn't the most competitive team. Um, to where I had to maneuver my weight class depending on who was around me because maybe I, there's there's teams where you can't beat the person above you, so you have to stay at the weight below you. Um, so I, I was lucky to have that freedom, and I definitely needed it and wanted it. I didn't want to be sucked down and stay at these weights and kind of not worry about my growth. You know, I was always strength training um, and trying to get bigger, and I was 
definitely fortunate that I didn't have to hold myself back. That's good. Yeah, that's definitely a luxury. So it sounds like you didn't have to like, not that you didn't have to diet, but you weren't the kid that was starving yourself to make weight. Freshman year, yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, 103? I was, oh my God, that's insanity <laughs> to me. I, I was weighing probably before the season, I like 110 pounds. And, you know, you're thinking 103, oh, like seven pounds. That's not the worst. But seven pounds when you really have nothing on you is very difficult. That weight just does not come off. Um, that was ironically so my first significant uh, weight, uh, like cutting weight year. And that was my worst too. It was, I, I was miserable going to school and uh, going through the day, not eating. I would look forward to the one protein bar I ate before practice because it tasted so good. But then as I, as I grew bigger, it, it, like I, I, I never really, especially in high school, I never cut more than, you know, five to 10 pounds. And it wasn't too, uh, it, it didn't wear my body too much. Yeah. See, if I ever have sons or daughters that want to wrestle, that would be my main concern is this like weight. And what if they have to, you know, like starve themselves and only eat a protein bar when they should be having a nice, healthy lunch? It's, it's very that's the only part of the sport that I'm like, eh, on. And that's really just in high school and college. Obviously, you're not wrestling at 103, are you? No, no. The lowest weight class is 125. Which is really, um, but I agree with really you. I, it is, it is. Um, but I mean, hey, there's, there's, there's pretty little guys out there, and they, they get after it. So it's, you know, the weight also makes sense for them. Um, True. Look at Spencer yeah, it's giving Lee. them an opportunity. Yeah, and it's giving you know smaller guys an opportunity to compete at a you know high level D one level. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I do agree with you. Like when I, uh, when I have kids, you know, if they do get into wrestling, I. I won't let them cut weight um, growing up. I want them to, you know, be healthy and be their, as much to their ability, be their natural weight. And I was, I was really lucky growing up. Like my, my coach Mo always told me, like, we're not going to cut weight. We're like, if anything, especially like middle school and stuff, maybe like I would watch my weight the day before, like maybe not have Burger King the, the <laughs> day before, but um, you know, and he, 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 you know, kind of coached me up the, the right way and, you know, didn't want my body to be affected down the road. And I, I don't know where I like what I would look like or what my body type would be if I was trying to cut weight at like such a young age, because who knows how detrimental it could be. Yeah. Yeah. Very dangerous. So I know, you know, you were unhappy with your senior year status about States, but overall your four years, you had a great career. I mentioned it before you were regional qualified every year. So obviously you had some college interests. Can you talk about that recruiting process? Yeah, for sure. Um, so definitely wasn't, you know, a, a blue chip recruit, you know, I wasn't a state placer. I wasn't really sought after too much, but I, you know, I had a lot of, uh, a lot of D3 offers, uh, some D2 offers, but I, I was thinking, you know, college first. I wanted to one go to a bigger school, a bigger sports school, um, and also a good school too, uh, academically. Because you know, I get like wrestling was important to me, but it wasn't my life, and I didn't think it'd be, I didn't think I'd be consumed by it. You know, when I got out of college, I 
you know, had, you know, knew, probably knew I'd be working towards some sort of career. So I wanted to have a, a good academic background. Um, so I didn't really let straight wrestling influence my decision. Um, it's very mature of you. At a young age, that's pretty mature. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I definitely had great influences, uh, you know, through my parents. Um, and it's also just being realistic, too. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, so I was, I was recruited. Um, you know, I was talking to D1 schools, but they weren't offering me any sort of uh, scholarship. So what I was being considered as a, a preferred walk-on. So, like, I, I'm getting recruited to go on the team, but not, not being offered any sort of scholarship. Uh, the, my three top schools were Pitt, Virginia Tech and University of North Carolina. I was actually dead set on going to the University of North Carolina. Um, it's actually a real, it is. Uh, and, you know, I know it's, you know, great academics. It's tough to get into. You know, I was thinking about all that stuff. Um, and it, it, it is kind of a funny story of how I ended up at Virginia Tech. I, I went my I think it was my junior year going into senior year over the summer. I, you know, I was talking to the Virginia Tech coach, Coach Dresser, and he's like, hey, come on down to our, you know, our camp that we do in the summers. Like, that way we can see, see you wrestle, um, you know, see how you are, see if you're a fit. And, you know, I went down to that camp, and I was, I was doing very well. Um, and we, the dorms we were staying in, they – were not had no AC, so just blowing in all this hot air, and I got—I don't know if it was allergies, but my throat got so sore, like I could not finish the camp. And I had to walk into the coach's office, and I'm like, "Can't eat, I can't drink, I, I feel terrible, I haven't been sleeping, like I need to go home." And I felt like such a like, even though it was a valid reason, I, I couldn't help but think that he thought I was a coward. He's like, oh, he can't finish the camp. He's not tough. And I kind of just checked Virginia Tech off my list there. I'm like, there's no chance that they want me to come back. Um, and then, so I, I went down to, like, UNC for a visit. Um, beautiful, like, like you said, beautiful campus. Was talking to the coach a decent amount. And, yeah, I was telling my parents, I'm like, yeah, UNC, I think, think that's the place, that's the spot. And then it was towards the end of September, you know, or it was maybe mid-September, and I haven't made my decision yet. Um, actually, yeah, it was the end of September. Um, but the Virginia Tech coach called me out of the blue, and he's like, hey, you know, we have a, a, a recruiting weekend coming up. Wanna, why don't you come down and, you know, we'll take you around the campus and, you know, you know, you'll, you'll hang with the team. And I, I was kind of like, ah, no, I, I don't think I can do that weekend. Just thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't want to go down there and just not lead them on to, uh, you know, join the team when I'm kind of had my eyes set on UNC. So if I, Coach Dresser was very pushy. He's like, all right, if that weekend doesn't work, how about this weekend? I was like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go down. So, so my dad and I drive down, and I think it's in October, and go out. I think I watch a practice, um, and then hang out with the team. And then after that night of hanging out with the team, I just I fell in love. I fell in love with it, and 
the the guys on the team were like treated me awesome. They were so welcoming, so friendly. Um, but I also could tell like they were a very tight knit group. You know, they they all seemed to really care about each other. And it was just after that weekend, I'm like, I think I think Virginia Tech's a spy. And it was it was the best decision I made in my life. Yeah, when you know, you know, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know, I'm I am so glad I took Coach Dresser on that visit because honestly, I, I I look back and see if like how my career could have turned out if I went to UNC. Um, I it's just I could be a completely different person. You know, I I could have. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I wouldn't be probably in Northern Virginia right now. Like it, it is kind of crazy to think of the path I could have taken, how my wrestling career would have ended up there. And ultimately I did land on a better wrestling team with people who people, uh, wrestlers and coaches who helped significantly level me up. Um, so it, in terms of my wrestling career is definitely the best decision. Um, but you know, the people I met at Virginia tech, the, the relationships I've made, like, it was by far the best decision I've ever made in my life. That's awesome. Yeah, it's like the butterfly effect, right? You change one thing, everything changes, but it seems like you took the right exactly. path for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I am, it feels good knowing I don't have to regret my college decision. <laughs> yeah, that would really suck. Imagine you spent four years at a place, five years in your case, and you had no fun and hated it. Ugh. Yeah, it, it would be tough. And I, again, like it would be, you know, even you think back and like talking to your kids about it and be like, oh, you know, I hope you hope you enjoyed college more than I did and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't have to. I don't have to go through any of that. Yeah, that's awesome. And you mentioned being a preferred walk on. I think it's important to note there's a, a difference between scholarships on the wrestling team compared to a D1 basketball or uh, or football, obviously, team. So they only have a certain amount of scholarships, right? Yeah, uh, a select few. Um, you know, our our team, we only carried uh, 30 guys a season. You know, we we typically had more than that, probably started with 40, maybe 45 in the summers, and then kind of weeded, always weeded down to a 30-man roster. I don't... I couldn't tell you exactly how many scholarships we, we typically gave out and like how much money was allocated, but it, it certainly wasn't many, you know, there's definitely wrestling. Uh, it's maybe not considering the, you know, the Penn States and the Iowa's and the Iowa States. I mean, the Virginia Tech's up there now too, um, where there's a bunch of guys on full scholarship, but yeah, wrestling isn't always a sport that's given uh, the most money compared to, to football and basketball. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate. I just wanted to highlight that because, you know, when you said you were preferred walk-on, it's very different than maybe walking on to a basketball team or something like that. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, no, yeah, I, you know, I did have to still earn my spot on the team. I wasn't, yeah, I wasn't a scholarship guy where I had to, uh, kind of was just already had the spot, had, a, had to earn my way on the team my, uh, my freshman year and make that 30-man roster. Um, yeah, you know, once I did, I, you know, earned, earned my way into the team to stay there for five years. I actually did, uh, starting my sophomore year, I, halfway through my sophomore year, I began to earn some scholarship money. Oh, nice. That's great. 
So you arrived in Blacksburg in the summer of 2012. How was that transition from high school wrestling to college wrestling? Yeah, it was, uh, I, uh, when I was coaching high school, I, I try to emphasize certain points all the time. It, it is very different. It, it is way, uh, I'm not going to find the right word to use, but it's just way more aggressive, way more, uh, you take way more of a beating. Um, I, the style I wrestled in high school was a very bad style for college wrestling. And I, I guess to, to try to explain it, I, I wrestled from the outside. I didn't really um, tie up with my opponents too much. I would, you know, shoot from a distance. And, you know, I was pretty quick in high school, so I was able to get a bunch of takedowns that way. But you get to college, and it is, it is not the same. You know, people, people beat you up with their hands, you know, without they, they beat you up without punching you. And it's almost sometimes worse. You know, I tell, I tell people all the time, like my, not even just my first year, probably spent two years getting my butt kicked um, consistently. And then I had to kind of just, each year I started being able to, you know, beat more and more people in the room. But yeah, I, I remember that first summer and one of the guys who was a, uh, either a sophomore or a junior on the team, I was, I was live wrestling with him. We were wrestling in our field house where we, held a lot of the camps too and we were on the mat and it was surrounded by you know a big turf area and we're wrestling we go off the mat you know I kind of stop he's like all right we're off the mat and he keeps going and he's just stuffing my face into the turf and it's not even like that nice soft turf it was like that really hard old astro turf (laughs) and I I stood up and I was like okay this this is uh this is college wrestling um so it, it was, you know, definitely kind of a hard, hard slap in the face to, you know, kind of realize what, how big of a difference it is. And I think it's one of the harder sports to adjust to, from what I understand. I mean, going off what you're saying, many college freshmen will redshirt their first, their first year. And I, you weren't any different. Your redshirt year was your freshman year, right? I, I redshirted my sophomore year. Sophomore um, year, okay. But... Yeah, I mean, many, many do redshirt their freshman year. Um, I, the reason I didn't redshirt my freshman year, like, I was just going by, like, what the coach suggested. Um, I figured I would eventually redshirt because, you know, it doesn't always have to be your first year. But I wasn't somebody that they saw in the lineup when I came into the, came onto the team. So a lot of times the people that they redshirt, they're, they're redshirting them because they see them in the lineup. Uh, the following year once the starter graduates. Gotcha. Okay, so for you, that didn't happen until your sophomore year. But still good that it happened, obviously, because then you were seen as, you know, in the mix. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it was good to feel, you know, I guess valued that way where the coach saw I had potential and, you know, thought he could see me in the, in the lineup in the future. Definitely. Virginia Tech is in the ACC, and the ACC is really known for their basketball programs, but they have a great wrestling conference, too. Might not be as known as the Big Ten, right? They're the king. But talk a little bit Mm -hmm. about the competition within the ACC, because a lot of good schools are in the ACC. Yeah, um, it's really tough in the sense you wrestle the same guys many times. You know, (laughs) not not every... ACC school has wrestling. Um, 
That's a good point I'm to bring up because the conference itself is huge, but you're right. Not every school has a wrestling team. Sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. I, I, I'm just trying to think right now how many, how many schools we have uh, in the conference that wrestle. I, I believe it's six, maybe it's seven now, um, but not many. So, you know, you're wrestling, you wrestle each team in a dual meet once, but there's tournaments, you know, you're all kind of in the same area. Uh, for the most part, so even the if you do any open tournaments or just uh, I guess regional tournaments, a lot of the same guys are there. So you're, you're gonna see or wrestle the same guy probably two or three times in the year, which is tough because even if you get the best of somebody, you know, like like a thing, and at least that I know of in wrestling, it's really tough to beat somebody three times. You know, you give somebody a chance to you know, figure you out, um, even if, like, I've seen it many, many times throughout my career, it's just, you, you compete against somebody enough times, they, they know how to get the best of you, that, that third time, or maybe it's that fourth time, it, it's tough to consistently beat the same person over and over again. Yeah, you're right, it really is. And Virginia Tech's often ranked really high, right? I mean, I, you guys produced several Americans, and while you were there, I mean, they were in the top 10 several times. Yeah, uh, I, I believe almost every year I was there, we, we ended up finishing top 10 in the nation. I mean, I was a part of three ACC championship teams, which, you know, is awesome. I have these huge, three huge, big Virginia Tech rings that I, <laughs> I never really wear, but they, they look good on the, on the mantle. Um, yeah, like it, it, it's definitely a reason why I improved so much. Um, and I probably had the opportunity and would have, could have been a starter for, for more years had I, you know, transferred or wrestled D3. But um, my, my level of wrestling would not be the same if I wasn't in that kind of uh, competitive room every mm-hmm. single day at Virginia Tech. So it, it, was, it was awesome to be around a small, tight group, bunch of guys that had the same end goal in mind. You know, everyone wanted to be great. Everyone wanted to be a national champ. Um, so it, it was really easy to, to not just work hard, but embrace the grind of a wrestling season when you know everyone else around you uh, kind of has the same goal. So kind of, yeah. um, kind of working in misery, or I don't know the, the right <laughs> saying for that, but yeah. You're all miserable together. Exactly. It seems like Virginia Tech had the right amount of, of balance between focusing on your individual wrestling and the team wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Um, it was, you had every opportunity to be as, at least when I was there, you had every opportunity to be as great of a wrestler as you wanted. Um, the, the coaches were there to help each individual improve um, you know, as, as far as they wanted to go, um, you know, for obvious reasons, the, you know, the scholarship athletes got more attention than, um, maybe someone like myself who, who was walking on. But at the end of the day, it's like, if I wanted to up my game, if I wanted to find time with, uh, and a, co- a coach and work one-to-one, I did have that option. Um, even people on the team, like other wrestlers, working with them too. 
they they were always open to it because again everyone wanted everyone wanted to improve and while yeah like some some were competing with each other for a starting spot um you know it was it was it was that kind of team chemistry and environments where you know everyone wanted each other to be successful that's awesome yeah because sometimes you don't see that in that type of sport but that's great that virginia tech had that yeah and that's again a reason why i probably made the right decision as opposed to going to UNC because mm-hmm. um, you know speaking with some individuals who were on that team it was nothing like that experience so uh, very again very happy with my decision yeah definitely and that probably came into play when you were on your visit and you know the, how the team was so fit together you knew or you thought that that might be the case for the wrestling team yeah it was something you kind of just feel mm-hmm. I you know I I look back at it now and kind of didn't even like maybe acknowledge it while I was there but it was that's probably what sucked me in and you know really won me over that's awesome now you had the luxury in high school of not really having to jump a weight class but in college it's different right you're wrestling for a top 10 program did you have to kind of change your weight classes to get a better chance to being a starter not exactly, but there were certain instances where I didn't move weight classes. Uh, I, did, I came in as a 157-pounder, uh, and then halfway through the year, uh, the coach just told me, like, hey, I think it's best for you to go 165, and that was ultimately better for my growth because, you know, that first year of uh, training and just working in our, in our training in our weight room, I increased my size like tremendously. Like I, I thought I was strong in high school, but like they do such a good job at, uh, you know, building, building muscle there. And especially during the off season that I, I, I put on pretty decent size. So in like 165, just naturally fit me a, a lot better than trying to suck down to 157. Um, I did have the opportunity. I, I had a couple of weird opportunities. I wouldn't say weird, but I ran into the opportunity where our 184-pounder got injured um, uh, when I was a I'm trying to think my junior, my true junior year. So I guess my redshirt sophomore year was it that year? I'm mixing my years up, but yeah, I think it was my true junior year. It's my third year. Um, I are towards the end of the season. Our 184-pounder tore his knee up out for the season and we didn't really have a backup because technically the person uh in waiting was redshirting and you know it didn't really make sense for that guy to after a full season to to strip his redshirt um Mm -hmm. so it was me and one other guy who were pretty much wrestling off for the for the i guess to start in the acc tournament that year and that would have been my, my first serious, I started like a match or two uh, before, but that was kind of like my first real opportunity to start, especially in like a serious tournament, you know, the, the end of the year, the, the conference tournament. Um, ended up, again, told, like, told you there's some heart, decent heartbreaks in my career. <laughs> um, I, I was winning that wrestle-off pretty much the entire match. Uh, kind of. Well, I'm not kind of. I did. I blew it in the end, probably within the last 30 seconds. Gave up a bunch of points. Ended up also 
tearing my knee in the process. Oh, no. So, and yeah, that was, that was tough to come back from, but that was, a, I guess I, I did try to bulk up for that. So that was a case that I moved up, but the majority of the time I, I stayed at 165. Gotcha. Okay. Now what did you tear in your knee? Uh, so I tore my meniscus, which generally isn't a terrible surgery, but it was, um, it was a significant tear. So when they, when you hear people get kind of getting uh, meniscus scoped, it's, they're taking out the tear from the knee. I had to get mine repaired and the meniscus does not get very good blood flow. So it was like a six month recovery. Um, yeah, not, not, it it wasn't the, wasn't the most pleasant uh, recovery process. Um, I mean, that also comes with the territory, you know, wrestling, there's a lot of knee injuries, a lot of injuries in general. You know, I, I had, I'm trying to think of all the surgeries. I think I've had three, four surgeries because of wrestling. So wow. it's, it, it does, does take a, you know, decent toll on your body. Yeah, I mean, it's a brutal sport. Did you have all four of those surgeries due to your college career? No, I, I'm trying to think back. I had two surgeries in high school. Um, I tore, I tore the same meniscus in high school. Um, towards the end of my, uh, I think I trying to think when that was, I think it was before my senior, uh, senior year, but that was, a scope, so it wasn't that bad of a recovery process. I kind of tore a weird ligament in my ankle that required surgery, and then had that knee surgery in my college career. And then when I finished college, I broke my nose so many times that I had a really bad deviated septum and could never breathe. So I I got that fixed when I finished my uh, college career. Don't they just basically re-break your nose in that surgery? Uh, yes, it, it was not, uh, that, that wasn't, I mean, no, no surgery is ever a, a fun process. That was, that, that was, that was pretty miserable for a few weeks. Yeah. My friend is, uh, going to get that surgery at some point soon. I think she's also broken her nose a few too many times. <laughs> Poor thing. Yeah. And just. And when you can't breathe out of it, 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 it really is, it brings you kind of back to life. Like, like oh, this is what it's like to, you know, inhale fully through your nose. It, 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 well, then it's worth it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, it was 100% worth it. Did you notice a difference in your nose? Sorry, I'm getting into this nose issue so much. But I, I, I heard that they can never, like, make it look exactly the same. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. Honestly, like, I'm trying to think back to where I, I can't even remember the way I looked without a like pri- pre-broken nose. Um, so I couldn't really tell you. Like, like I always had a pretty big nose in general. Um, I, I, I like to think they got pretty close to, to you know, putting it back together <laughs> the right way. Um, but yeah, probably probably not the same as when it was uh, when it was normal. Okay, but pretty close. That's that's what my friend is worried about. So I'll have to pass that along. They get pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> they get pretty close. I, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of it depends on the doctor too. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, that's such a bummer though. You know, you have this opportunity to be the starter and then, or even jump to a different weight class, but that injury happens. Were you all set to go the next year or did you have to rehab a little bit at the start of the season? Um, I, I, that was another kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of almost seemed like a one thing after another. So, I mean, after that, I, that was probably the closest I've come to quitting the sport where after all that happened, I, you know, was definitely, uh, for obvious reasons, down in the dumps. I was, I'm always been really hard on myself. Um, and you know, I, I just kept thinking, I'm like, it's like, I always seem to come this close and I, you know, I fall just short and just feeling bad about myself. And, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think back to like kind of what brought me back and, you know, definitely, you know, a lot of credit to my parents and my dad, you know, helped talk through a lot of this stuff with me. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I did not want to be a quitter, you know, I made it this far. And, you know, I still had that end goal. It's like, just not even like be, have a successful starting uh, or a successful end of my career, but just getting in the lineup uh, and a top 10 team, you know, helped get me, you know, back on track. And again, not just not wanting to be a quitter, but mm-hmm. yeah, the, the rehab wasn't, wasn't fun. Um, rehabbed all summer. I, I ironically was rehabbing with the, the guy who originally tore his knee up too. So I had someone to, <laughs> to be there along my side doing a, a lot of the similar a lot of similar things um yeah it's kind of I mean not funny but you know right when I, I it was either a week or two after I got like fully cleared to go back into you know wrestling I got mono oh, and wow. that put me out for a month um because you know they, they don't want you training too hard when you have that like you just can cause a lot of internal damage so I get cleared to go and then I'm out for another month and like not just out for a month I'm not allowed to really train at all so it was like a really that 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 redshirt junior year um so like my true fourth year was a really bizarre year for me I actually that that is actually another time that I I, I did wrestle up at 174 that season because it was it just didn't make sense for me to cut weight with everything that happened. And we didn't have a backup at 174. So I did wrestle up that season. Um, but yeah, came back in December um, or maybe it was like at the end of November. And I actually did have another wrestle up for the, for one of the matches to, to start in what we call our Moss art center. So it was, uh, we wrestled in like this really cool theater. Um, once or twice a year um, and couldn't remember exactly what happened to the starter, but needed, a, needed somebody to fill in. I wrestled off of the spot. Didn't blow that one. Actually, <laughs> actually won that one. So had awesome. the opportunity to start, to start a couple matches that year at 174. Um, so it like wasn't the most ideal start and, you know, given the rehab and the mono, but did see some success. So I like, start seeing some success that year. Yeah, no, it's a great ending to a really frustrating season, it sounds like. Yeah, and, and it, it did set the tone for my final year and the year that I, I finally earned you know, a starting spot and was able to be a starter at the, you know, the weight class I desired to be at. That's great. Yeah, so just a few follow-ups um, before we get to your awesome redshirt senior year. 
with mono, the thing that sucks about that is, like you said, you're a month where you can't even train. So it's not even like, okay, I'm clear to come back. It's clear to come back, but now I have to get in shape again, which is just harder. Yeah, I, I felt pretty. I felt pretty behind. You know, it's you. You train. I I didn't even get into full shape. The you know when the season started because I. I you know, preseason is a lot of our conditioning, getting down to weight, and I'm just getting my knee back to normal. So I'm not doing all the running that the team is doing. I'm not getting in as great of a shape as everyone else. So I'm already kind of starting from behind, trying to catch up in uh, October, and then I get hit with the mono, and now everyone's you know pretty pretty decently into their season. They're they're down to their weight. They're they're in great conditioning and. I'm starting from scratch. It was, it was tough to kind of play catch up, um, but yeah, at the end of the day, it just just required some extra work. Yeah, which you know, you're a hard worker, so you definitely got that done. How many matches did you start that year? Um, if you remember, it was. I want to say I started three matches. It could be four, but I want to say three. So not too many. Okay. Well, and. Um, Virginia Tech was ranked as high as number six. I think you guys finished sixth in the nation, which is incredible. Yeah, I I don't take that for granted. I, I think a lot of it. I'm I'm very hard on myself and have you know very high expectations. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, and I look back at my career, I I started you know not just a full season, but I had a, a had a decent amount of starting matches for a team that was top 10 in the nation every single year. And in general, like D1 wrestling, there's not many there. It's really tough to to make it there in the first place. Mm, And then to be a starter on one of the top teams. um, I I don't take that for granted. Uh, I definitely am just uh, (laughs) very tough on myself. And I think that's what you'll kind of realize if you ever talk to more wrestlers is a lot of us have very high expectations and, you know, just always, always want the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a great mindset to have in life in general. Um, it's just like, as you said, sometimes you guys get too hard on yourself and you're right. You know, you had some injuries and, you know, the career didn't go exactly as you wanted. But like you said, at the end of the day, you started several matches on a top 10 division one team. And not many people can say that you should be very proud of yourself. <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Yes. Yeah, so like it, I am. I am, I am proud of myself for that. So. Good, good. Now, before we get into that great season you had to finish your career, you know, you redshirted, so you technically didn't have to come back for a fifth year. You fulfilled your commitment with four years. Some people will just say, okay, did four years, got my degree, I just want to get out of here, or even might transfer to, to a different program. Did that ever come up for you, or you were you always coming back for your fifth year? Um... No, I, I was pretty much always coming back. I, 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 like I said before, I hit that moment where I was seriously contemplating just quitting the sport in general. Um, and I guess I probably wouldn't have come back for my fifth year if that was the case. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I, I, I really, really wanted to be a starter. I knew I, I, knew I had it in, in me. And I did believe in myself. I did have, you know, these goals that I did want to achieve. And I, you know, starting wrestling from the age of seven and, you know, D1 wrestling outside of 
or just wrestling in general outside of the Olympics, wrestling, D1 wrestling is as high as it gets. Like, I right. am at the highest level possible, and to make it that far and not fully achieve everything I set out to, be, to, to do um, would have kind of tore me up inside. So I, I, I did have the intentions, you know, as, again, as long as I was sticking with my, my career, I, I did have the intentions of doing all five. That's awesome. And it paid off for you. I'll give you the floor, David. Tell me all about your last year and how you were able to wrestle at the weight you wanted at. Yeah, I, you know, I, I guess uh, going off of, you know, setting up after that kind of bizarre uh, true fourth year, I, I did hit that moment in my career. And I, 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 I say this to a lot of, uh, you know, high school wrestlers that I talk to or even uh, my colleagues at work is I think a lot of just mindset and wrestling transitions to, you know, professional life and just, you know, great mindset throughout an, a, a person's life in general. Um, I, I realized I just, I probably wasn't doing enough to, to earn that role, to earn that starting spot. And I, I knew to my core, I was always a hard worker and, you know, I, I wouldn't have earned, you know, scholarship money, you know, going like into my second year of college if I, if I wasn't a hard worker and I didn't have potential, but I, you know, I, at the end of my fourth year, I just realized I really wasn't truly doing enough to, to earn that starting spot. So I, I really set out that year to do more than I ever have before. And, you know, not just working hard in practice, but doing more than other people outside of practice, you know, working, working out, uh, you know, in the mornings before class when we didn't have scheduled workouts, working individually with my coaches, um, and just really focusing on a lot of my, my weaknesses that I, I probably was a little lazy about uh, throughout my career and, and not addressing. So I really tried to focus a lot of time on, you know, breaking some bad habits I had that, again, I was probably just being lazy about. Um, so I, I really had a very relentless mindset going into that year. And, you know, I, I did actually, like, I ended up losing, <laughs> yeah, talking about heartbreak, I, I, I was uh, in a similar situation. I was wrestling off for the starting spot, and I, I was winning that whole match. And, again, like, it, kind of a common theme uh, of me losing in the final seconds, but I, I blew the match in the final seconds. Um, and that knowing how far I come and how hard I worked and knowing that I was really, truly the best person for the position and losing there. Um, I probably another, another time that I was close to quitting. Um, so I, my, my final year wasn't all, um, definitely wasn't all smiles started out pretty rough, but you know, I, I guess after kind of experiencing that feeling enough times, I, I just kind of, I had to stay the course and I knew I didn't have much time left. So I could either, you know, if I sat there and felt sorry for myself, then the opportunity would pass by. So I kind of just, you know, I, I sulked for a day and then I kind of got back on the horse and I'm like, I'm just going to keep doing what I've been doing and doing extra work and coming in, um, you know, 
more than the starter is currently going in and working that way. And then I ended up did earning, uh, I think my first starting match was in December. So, wow. you know, a month into the season, I ended up uh, earning the starting role and, you know, stayed there for the, for the rest of the season. That's amazing because you could have sulked for many weeks and never got to where you were. But like you said, you took a day and then you got right back to work. That's amazing. Yeah, no, I mean, not yeah, yeah, not the most uh, ideal way of uh, <laughs> starting, uh, <laughs> you know, your final year. But I really, I just, I, I knew I didn't have much time. So mm. it's like the the longer I waited, the uh, the further away that opportunity was going to get from from me. So. I had a sense of urgency and I just stayed the course, knew I was doing, knew I, knew I was doing what I needed to do. Um, and, you know, I'm happy to say that it worked out in the end. Absolutely. You know, it was your last year, so might as well go all out. And it's great that you went from just a few years prior wanting to quit to ending as a starter at Virginia Tech. Yeah, I, 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 Definitely one like my proudest moment of my career. Um, yeah, it, it it isn't easy going through four years of college wrestling sitting on the bench. You know, it's a, a lot of it, if you look at classes that come in each year, like the the amount of wrestlers could range anywhere from you know seven to ten people, and then the, you know. The second year, there's, you know, six people. The following year, there's five. Like, people just start dropping off. Uh, I can't remember the number that my class started at, but we finished with only three. Like, there, I, I want to say there was probably, like, you know, 10 or 12 of us at the start. And by the end of, like, my fifth year, there was just three of us left. Um, and, yeah, I mean, like, while it's, it wasn't fun, uh, kind of, sitting on the bench and getting my butt kicked for four years. Um, you know, I do think it was worth it in the end because uh, I did achieve my goal of becoming a starter. I didn't, I didn't necessarily hit all my goals um, as, you know, a college wrestler, but kind of like what you were saying, just being a starting uh, a, a wrestler on a top 10 team was, you know, something that I can hold on to for, for the rest of my life. Um, and also kind of everything I learned in like work ethic and, you know, what to do to achieve your goals, um, you know, I can take with me. Absolutely. Yeah. Great life lessons that you'll hold for the rest of your life and you'll use them in your career now and you can teach your children that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So David, you graduate, seems like you don't leave the Virginia area. You're still down there, aren't you? I... I'm in closer to D.C. I'm actually right outside uh, Washington, D.C. in Northern Virginia. But I did move to Tampa uh, when I first graduated. I, yeah. I went back home for a brief moment, and then I, I, had, a, I had a job lined up in, in Tampa and got to live there for, for a year and a half, um, then ended up making my way to, to Northern Virginia. I ended up landing a incredible job that the reason that kept me here. Um, so, you know, if it wasn't for that bringing me here, like I don't know where I would be at in my career. And 
you know, that really did kind of jumpstart, I guess, a successful start to, you know, my, my professional, my professional life. Nice. What do you do? Uh, I am in software sales and I, I manage a business development team, uh, in our, says the Maryland office. And I also oversee our Philadelphia office. Oh, wow. Impressive. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> How often do you get back to New Jersey? Uh, pretty often. My, you know, my parents are still there. Um, my, my, you know, my mom, I mean, not that I don't miss my parents too. My mom, you know, always wants to see me more often than not. Uh, so I probably, probably every two to three months, uh, sometimes less. So uh, pretty often. I also, my, my sister recently had a child, so I have a niece now that I'm, I am an uncle, so I have more incentive to to go back home because I, you know, would like to be a part of her life. And, yeah, so probably going to make more frequent trips to Jersey now that that's happened. Nice. And I should have asked you this before when we were talking about your career at Virginia Tech, but how often could your family come down? Because it's not exactly the easiest trip to get to, but it's not the worst either. It is not an easy – yeah, exactly. It's a very easy drive because you are – pretty much on two highways the entire ride, but it is around a seven hour drive. Yeah, um, I, I didn't go home too often because, you know, we trained year round. I probably went home three or four times a year, but I, yeah, I'm super lucky to have the parents I had. My parents came to everything that I competed in. So, I mean, when you're, when you're not a starter, uh, in wrestling, you typically compete in open tournaments uh, where most non-starters go or anybody who's redshirting a way to still compete um, mm-hmm. and you know improve throughout the season, get matches in. And these open tournaments are kind of all over the place. You know, I, I wrestled in Cleveland. I was in North Carolina. Um, you know, a bunch of not the most convenient places, but my parents came to every match maybe plus or minus like one or two they came to every match that i i wrestled in and i am beyond grateful because i you know i i do see you know i would see my teammates and just other wrestlers in general you know not having that family support and you know i i know it's not easy to consistently travel um especially with their work weeks and stuff like that and making these seven, eight-hour drives or uh, taking a flight to North Carolina to see me wrestle for, in, a, in a gym mm-hmm. for five or six hours of the day, maybe longer, and then, <laughs> then flying back home that same night. So I am very, very lucky to have the parents I have. Yeah, very supportive. That's awesome to hear. You haven't left the wrestling world because in your free time, you were working at District martial arts. I've had the pleasure of speaking with Charles, Cameron, and Mark, all work there as well in the past for the podcast. What is your role there? Um, so I started, I started attending um, their classes fall of 2019. Uh, was it 2019? Yeah, 2019. I kind of just needed something to do. I, like, when I my first few years out of college, I was coaching high school wrestling and I loved it. I love coaching. Um, 
but with my current job right now, it like the hours don't line up for me to be able to attend a, a high school practice. So, you know, I always wanted to stay in wrestling or, or at least just try, you know, staying in somewhat that same sphere. So I have been missing competing and, you know, working on improving in some sort of athletic, um, uh, athletic feet, I guess you say, or just some sort of athletic uh, sport. Um, so I found that gym. I, I was looking for MMA gyms, and I noticed that, you know, they had a couple of wrestlers uh, working there. Mark, Mark was on their website, and I saw he wrestled at American University. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is a perfect fit. And, you know, I go in, just have a chat with him. That's where I meet Charles, I meet Scott, I meet Cameron, and you know, I I got the sense that it was a, a a you know it was an MMA gym, but it has a very good wrestling background, which I appreciated. So I knew, you know, when I am uh, working on MMA, I, I do have a, I'm surrounded by a bunch of wrestlers who have a, a very similar experience and uh, I guess way of learning the the new art like or just learning uh mixed martial arts so that's kind of how i got tied there and then over time just working out there more and more i I worked a lot with um our one of our head coaches kamal on uh mma and you know he he's given me the opportunity to uh coach my own class there so i i do coach on friday friday nights now and teach my own uh martial arts class or I guess MMA class and that's currently where I am with them today. That's awesome. Yeah, District Martial Arts is such a cool facility uh, just from having them all on the podcast. But that's really cool. Now, could you see yourself pursuing an MMA career or are you just good with teaching it? I I am I'm floating with the idea, yes. I, I can. Um it's funny because when I finished college, I'm like, my body's so beat up. I had all these surgeries. I just got my nose fixed. I can breathe again. And now I'm like <laughs> considering kind of putting my, my body at risk again. Um, I, I, I really miss, I really miss the competition. I, I love, I love competing. I love working towards something. Um, it, I, I'm kind of just following Right now, um, my our head coach Kamal, you know, whatever he says, like he, like he thinks best for me in, in my in my training, and you know, if he thinks I'm ready to compete, you know, I, I trust them. I, I I will say I probably will give it a shot. I don't know if I'm going to make, um, you know, a, I guess a career out of it, but I, you know, I thought to myself, I think it was last year. Yeah, especially during the pandemic, you have a lot of time to, <laughs> to think about things. Um, I, I, I was just thinking, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to experience a what if in my life. I don't want to, I don't want to hit 35 and be like, ah, what if I tried, tried MMA, you know, where, what, what could have happened? How, what would I be? Um, so like, I'm, you know, I'm enjoying it. I, I'm learning a lot. I, I, you know, I think I'm getting pretty good. Um, and yeah, so I, I certainly can see myself competing in the future. 
That'd be awesome. And even if you just end up doing it for fun and never really make it to that professional field, but if you do it for fun and get that competitive bug out of you that way, that'd be awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Very cool. David, I have loved our conversation. I like to end the podcast with a couple of fun questions. How does that sound to you? Yeah, sounds great. All right. First question. What TV show are you currently binge watching? I am currently binge watching uh, Dexter with my girlfriend. Okay. I've heard good things, and now I know that the, uh, they made like a reboot of it. Yeah, I think that's where uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if I've watched all of the seasons that exist, but watched a handful in college, liked it. Um, I feel like we were, my girlfriend and I were looking for a show that we can kind of just, like you said, binge watch. So started started that up, and yeah, that's currently what we're watching. All right, very cool. Where is your next vacation destination? Oh, that's a that's a good question. Um, I mean, if 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 money is not an issue, I <laughs> or or something to consider, uh, I'd probably say Greece. I I I I think Italy is a close second, but I've had a strong desire to go to Greece. I've never been uh, to Europe. Yeah, me neither. And I'm with you. Greece and Italy are right there for me. I want to go there. I think my one and two might be switched with, with what yours are, but it's still those two. Yeah, I mean, like, both just so much history. It's beautiful. The, the food, all the stuff to, to do there, it definitely seems pretty ideal. And yeah, nice to experience at least once. Absolutely. All right, David, last question. The holidays are coming up. What is your favorite holiday movie? Oh, that's a, that, that's a, Tough one. I'm actually gonna have to give that some thought. Um, I'll let you name a few. I, 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 I got one. I mean, I, I'm probably gonna fall under, you know, what most people or a lot of people would say, but I think Home Alone was probably always my number one. Uh, one or two? Uh, uh, I think two. I think I, I ended up watching the one in New York a lot more. Um, yeah, I'd say Home Alone 2 is probably my, uh, my, my favorite holiday movie. Okay, great answer. There's this funny uh, like gif or tweet, I don't know what it is, going around. It's like, no matter what anyone's political beliefs are, we can all agree that Home Alone sucks after the second one. Like all the remakes and <laughs> third, and then I think ABC Family made a fourth, and obviously the one on Disney Plus now, that's horrible. I watched it. But, uh, but yeah, I think we can all agree on that. One and two. Yeah, I, I, I actually watched I had the third one on VHS. I remember watching it pretty frequently and never really enjoyed it. But I don't know, for some reason when you're younger, you just watch the same movie over and over again um, mm-hmm. and don't get tired of it. But never really appreciated the third one. It was, it was always number, number one and two. And the third one takes place after Christmas. I was like, part of the whole idea of it is that it's set at Christmas. (laughs) Exactly. Very passionate about this. (laughs) David, thank you so much for taking time out of your night to come on the podcast. I really enjoyed talking about your career. It was so great. You know, you had your ups and downs, but you finished strong, never gave up. 
Yes, no, I, I appreciate you having me on. I, I, I enjoyed our conversation a bunch too. All right, everyone. That was my chat with David Brigida. Hope you enjoyed it. Really cool to hear all about his wrestling career at Virginia Tech. And it's great to see that he's still involved in the sport. I'll be back soon to speak with another outstanding athlete.